this is Whitney. And this is Hysterical Hysterical Women. Women. The podcast that no one asks for about our thoughts about gender in our society. Each week we're going to dissect events macro and micro to determine if we think this week was a win or a loss for feminism. feminism. (laughs) And we're back. And we're back. Thanks so much for waiting for that commercial break. (laughs) We're back. It's all, we never know if Zoom is going to tell me I need to put in a password that I don't know where it is. So it just relaunches itself. Kind of like a phoenix. It's beautiful. From the ashes. beautiful. We rise. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's gorgeous. Where are you right now? I'm in my roommate's room because um, John is playing really loud music in our room. My roommate is doing a bar practice test. And so I said, I actually need a lot of quiet for my podcast. (laughs) And they're all like, you're still doing that? And I'm like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) uh, When you said bar test, my mind went to like, oh, is she like training to be like a bartender? And I was like, no, the law. (laughs) That that bar. Um. We love mixologists, though. Yeah. Um, Similarly, my house is in disarray because we are unpacking slash re-moving furniture in our... That looks... Yeah, it's bad. That's so much worse than yesterday. It's so much worse than yesterday. Yeah, it's bad. Also, I was like, (laughs) is it a fail for feminism that I'm, like, not really helping put up the new bed frame? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but but, it was more circumstantial. Yeah, it's also like your choice not to. Yeah, and I was also like, is it a fail for feminism that I screamed at all of the dozen ants that were in my car today and smashed them and risked probably both of our lives because I was distracted. I was driving and for some reason there are more than a dozen ants in our car. I don't know why. I posted about it on Instagram. I'm like, maybe this is a thing if you park near the park. I don't know. No one had answers. Everyone was as creeped out as I was. We don't know. But what I do know is that I was trying to kill them and drive at the same time, which was deemed, quote, and I quote by John, unsafe. <laughs> I thought, I didn't know if John was in the car, so I thought maybe you were like, I risked my life and the ants' lives to <laughs> kill them. And I was like, yeah. Wait, oh, I like that you guys were both in the car. Me and the ants or me and John? You and the ants. Um, no, you and John. Like that, you guys did that together. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Helping. <laughs> Aww. It's uh, it's gorgeous. Um, do you have a question this week? Yeah. So you're back in your messy apartment, but you are back in New York, and I was like wondering. This is actually a genuine question, like for you. Which is wait, actually wait. kind of reinventing the form. <laughs> I'm actually wanting to be more selfless um, and think about the world. So how I'm manifesting it is actually asking you a real question. Wow. wow I wow. know. What did you miss the most about New York? Or like what, what has been, you know, feeling like, wow, back in this city. Ooh-ee-oo. New yeah. York. Wait, no, no. Sorry. I just have to sing a little more. New. No, I'm just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> That specifically is what I miss the most. But what's crazy is you could have had it every single day of your life. <laughs> and I kind of did, yeah. if you think about it. Um, that's a very thoughtful question. Truthfully, I think I mostly miss just being in my apartment. 
like having my own space and feeling some like autonomy in that way. Also, because we left thinking we were just leaving for like a quick two to three week trip. I didn't bring any regular pants. So it's been nice to have regular pants to wear. Um, That has nothing to do with New York. To be completely honest, I think it's been a tumultuous return in terms of New York. Also just like trying to figure out this parking situation. Also just like it's summer, the cat callers are out. Everything feels like extra hard to do like it just does in New York but then also with like the masks and like just trying to be extra precautious and so I think I'm still just like adjusting that but I really did enjoy my walk through Riverside Park today which which was beautiful that's beautiful yeah um what what did you what do you miss the most about me being in New I'm just kidding about New York (laughs) Yeah, because like I actually spent some time away as well. Distance makes the heart. Um, I feel like I've had this real renaissance of Prospect Park. Mm, being yeah. Back because I'm just like, what else am I going to do? I can do like 300 squats in my room or I can go take a run. And I just love seeing everyone just like trying to get a little bit of mask-based exercise slash like enjoyment. And like there's this pond lake when does a pond become a lake but it's that and I just stretched there in the middle of my run and today I saw some kids like little kids like learning had that halfway point where you're like learning to bike but you kind of can do it so yeah and it's just like everyone is out there it's so beautiful right now too it's so pretty and that's really been that and like biking I'm just like actually (laughs) I love it here I that's, love it here. That's beautiful. Do you, the the lake that you're talking about, is this the one that's by the ice skating rink? Yeah, it's like down at the bottom. Yeah, that's right where we used to live. Really? Yeah. It's it's crazy that it's there. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> what the, like every day I'm kind of like, what the heck? And the other day there's just like, it was just like one solitary man fishing. And I was huh. like, this is gorgeous. I was just like, this is, I could be anywhere where there's yeah. a, a lake slash pond site area. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like it's like in the middle of one of the largest cities in the world. And it is. And, it, and, and then it is. I, what I've also loved is the young children who, despite the pandemic, um, are learning to horseback ride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it's always like, I'm like, there's the guy in his fishing pole. There's me stretching away. And then behind that, there's like this one per, like little kid like on a horse. And then the, the woman being like, well, you didn't show him which way he wanted to lean. And I'm just like, wow. And there's usually like a dad kind of circulating, like getting pictures. And I was like, I don't think that kid wants to remember this. (laughs) I know. I was just thinking, I'm like, huh, someone's parents were trying to find just like any way to get their kid out of the house and was willing to pay any amount of money to do that. Literally. I think parents are like, I will do anything. (laughs) I will have them do anything. And maybe it's horseback riding. Well, horses don't carry the virus, right? They were like, horses don't care. (laughs) Horses don't care. Um, I don't think so. I I don't really really know if I know anything 
about the virus anymore. You know what I mean? I don't know that any of us ever really did. No. And people love to like be like, yeah, well, I actually think it's like not that bad. And the percentage in like New York is like, well, that's actually, I'm just actually um, doing an impersonation of one specific person that I can't name. But, um, and I'm just like, you don't know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous. <laughs> What's your question? Um, my question is, what's the best thing that happened to you today? What is the best thing that happened to me today? <laughs> best. That's good, Nora. The best. <laughs> um, best. Okay. Do you want to go first? <laughs> yes, I can go first. Um, so the greatest thing happened to me today is that I went to my dermatologist, who I have a crush on, and she told me I don't have any more skin cancer. I was really wondering what the tone of this podcast was going to (laughs) be. I was like, this could be rough. I'm so happy. Me too. I honestly went in being like, you know what? This, for anyone who doesn't know, I had some skin cancer on my face earlier this year. I thought it had come back. I also thought there were some spots in my arms. I went back and I was just like, you know what? Maybe it is, but last time we took care of it. If it is again, we'll take care of it again. It's going to be fine. But she's like, yeah, this is not cancer. There's nothing, there's nothing here. She's like, you actually are just pale and have a lot of freckles and that's okay. And our uh, appointment was literally two minutes. And then she asked me about my nail polish. And cause I think she's like, cool. This has been a 30 second appointment that you just paid a copay for. So what else are we going to do? Here's what dermatologists don't understand. All we want is for them to be like, that's nothing, that's nothing, that's nothing, that's nothing, and goodbye. Like, the number of dermatologists I have found, and they're like, oh, God, let's look at that. Like, we don't actually want it to be long. Mm-mm, we you don't. Want, we, maybe a quick, like, here's some cream. Thanks. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Good. Well, and I really, like, to be honest, like, I really do love my dermatologist. She's so cool, and I just, like, want to be her friend socially, but also... Yeah, like so I did kind of want to hang out, but I was also like, yeah, that's that I don't I don't want to hang out about you telling me I have skin cancer. Yeah. So the nail thing was nice. I feel like no offense, but like at this point, like to hang out would be her like telling you bad things about your skin. Just because I don't think you guys have like but maybe after the nail polish you broached it and you guys can like I don't know. Maybe now. Maybe now we can hang. I don't know. Yeah. Get a snack sometime. Yeah. Also, it's it's kind of like I think that is us hanging out. Like yeah. I like I was like she's so bored. Like this is like like we're just hanging out now. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. So I don't know what the best part was. If it was the fact that we hung out and she asked about nail polish, or the fact that there wasn't cancer. So it's hard to say. Huh? What was the best part of your day? And the question comes back like it always does. <laughs> no, today was like totally fine. <laughs> I'm just like crying. There's like blood coming out of my face. <laughs> um, this week has been so long and it's only Wednesday. I feel like I've gotten a lot done, but I still am exhausted every minute. Um, the best <laughs> part. I had to Is go to right? Yeah, you can be honest. It's first off, Whitney, look at me. It's right now. <laughs> Second of all, I did. Watch June te- Miss Juneteenth today. 
Heck yeah. And that was amazing. And I did forget about it until right now. So that was good. That was great. Yeah. And you loved it. And I loved it. Yeah, it was really great. I, it like, anything set in Texas, I'm like, it's Friday Night Lights. But right, it's not going to love Texas. <laughs> going to love Texas. But no, it was so it was really great. I I like I love a story about a pageant. I love a mom and daughter relationship. There's a lot of people in this movie and there's like one white person. And that's amazing. And I was like, yeah. This is not a white story. Good. <laughs> and yeah, the acting is great. There's some dancing I love. There's some holding of crowns. I lo- no, it's really great. That's beautiful. I've I've got to watch it. I spoiler to the end of this podcast is that I have no artist to highlight because once again I've been very stressed and busy and have not consumed one single piece of art. So maybe that'll be what I do. Yeah, I'll watch that. You can rent it on a lot of things. Lots of things. Cool. Well, do you have a macro you want to talk about? Again, I have like two macros. Two macros. I have, some, yeah, like I have some things in both, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see, see. We'll see. Why don't Why don't you start? Because woo, we might woo, have some woo, of the same woo. things. Yeah, I think I've probably. Okay, so last weekend, yeah. but because this is Friday, it's actually still part of this week. So everyone get off my back. Um, but I wanted to talk about pride because it was the 51st. Here's the thing. It was since the Stonewall uprising, which was 1969, this would be the 51st pride. But I think the official March was 1970. So I think a lot of people were saying it was the 50th anniversary. Great. So, I think that both of the dates are important. So I think that it can be whichever one you want. It's kind of like when you're born and you're like, are you zero or one? It's not really like that, but you know what I mean. Um, So I have always known pride is like, you know, it's like the whole spectacular and it's incredible, but I didn't really know the history. And so I wanted Mm -hmm. to like know a little bit because Marsha P. Johnson is a person that has been like really talked about on social media. And I was like, when you get little snippets, but I was like, I want to know more. Yeah. So the first thing I like to know is that P stands for pay it no mind, which is what, how she talked about her gender. She was like, like, Oh, I love that. And I was like, that is so good. Um, so good. Yeah. So Marsha B. Johnson was a black trans woman and she's now recognized as one of the most influential forces of the modern LGBTQ rights movement. And yet, in 1970, when they had the first march, she was like told to like march in the back and wasn't really recognized, which is, you know, we see it in feminism. <laughs> we see it in all of these different movements that we're not able to be intersectional about it, but we'll be working towards better. So she's best known for participating in the 1969 Stonewall Uprising um, and for her work with poor Black members of the LGBTQ community. And her partner, historical partner in a lot of this is uh, Sylvia Rivera, who co-founded the Street Transvestite Action Revolutionaries. And this was before the used word is, is transgender, but it was a political collective that provided housing for queer youth and sex workers in lower Manhattan. Which I think is so cool because I now feel like we're seeing all of these other orgs that are doing that same work. Um, but it was like, this is the first one. What year was that? This is like back in 1969. I mean, that's wow. when the Stonewall 
uh, uprising was, which then was the impetus for the pride parades in 1970. Right. So two things that I kind of wanted to highlight about Marsha P. Johnson was one, right now there's a petition going around um, to, it was like 75,000 before and now it's up to 150,000 because like 80,000 people signed it to take down the Christopher Columbus statue that's in Elizabethtown, New Jersey, which is Marsha P. Johnson's hometown and um, erect a statue of her, which I was like, that would be awesome and, you know, like a good use of taxpayers' money. And also I feel like having, I don't know, like, yeah, monuments or whatever, but it's also like for people in that town and also just like everyone who's been in, she, she's done so much incredible work for the LGBTQ community, like to have something created like that would be so beautiful. So sign if you can. I mean, we all can. <laughs> so sign if you can find the link and we'll put it in our show notes. Um, and I just wanted to read this one little sentence that uh, Stephen G. Fullwood, who is a historian and co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project, Archivist? Archivist. Archivist. Um, <laughs> this is a really great moment to examine why America is celebrating a past that's riddled with colonizers and killers and people who've oppressed other people for decades. And then we have someone like Amarsha. We have an opportunity to reset and rethink what we think about freedom in this country. So I felt like on the cusp of July 4th, like finding new like beacons and ideas of like what it is to be free and American is exciting to me. And then I just wanted to highlight the Marsha P. Johnson Institute, which it, it protects and defends the human rights of black transgender people. We do this by organizing, advocating, creating an intentional community to heal, developing transformative leadership and promoting our collective power. So they will take donations and you can like read a lot about that. And I was just like, that's really, I don't know. I feel like so often you're like, first off, it's 30 years ago. That's not that long ago. Mm -mm. It's 50 years ago. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. <laughs> It's 2000. This is the most progressive podcast in the world. <laughs> um, but that, this is only 50 years ago. And there's just so many things that I still am learning about, like these historical things. I mean, let's talk about the failed education system, but, but, but let's not. But, but that like, there's so many people like this that I just don't know about that is now the opportunity to learn about them. Um, yeah. I love that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I also have one that's about trans rights today um, for macro. And this is something that we're kind of in the middle of right now. So it's about a, a sophomore at a, a trans sophomore I'm like, do I say girl? Cause she's 19 woman. I'm not sure in between the girl woman age spectrum, but a trans girl named Lindsay Hecox who uh, wants to run for Boise state, but she's found herself at the leading edge of the battle for transgender rights. So essentially the um, on, and this just feels like a very like intentional slap on the flap in the face um, but on March 30th, which was the eve of the International Transgender Day of Visibility, 
the Republican governor, Brad Little in Idaho signed a ban that's the first of its kind that is saying that girls and women who compete in youth high school and college sports, whether they're transgender or cisgender will be su subject to being challenged by competitors on their biological sex. In essence, forced to prove their womanhood. Yeah, it's so bad. And if they're found to not be quote unquote female, they're not able to compete with girls and women. And- <gasps> Oh my God, that just I know. makes me so mad. Oh, you it know? makes me so mad. Yeah, you keep know it, it gets worse. So there are three ways that they can be tested. The first is that, and it, and it has to confirm their natural, in quotes, hormone levels. So they can get a genetic test confirming the chromosomes. They can undergo a physical exam by the doctor where they have to sh confirm their female genitals or they have to get a, a test confirming that their natural hormone levels fall within a certain range. And it's so disgusting and infuriating. And this girl who's 19 is now, so essentially what happened was there are some lawyers from the ACLU who are fighting this. And this girl, Lindsay, agreed to be public about her experience with it. Um, but there's another female girl runner who is a cis runner, but she is also opposing this because she says that because of the way she looks, people will like try and make her get this test done. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> and so it, it's like, it doesn't, like it could work against trans women, cis women, like whoever. And it just made me so nauseous and sick, like reading about this. The, so the other, the other girl is 17. Um, and so in this, she's going by Jane Doe because she's not publicizing who she is. Um, but yeah, she's, she just fears her privacy would be at the stake and like everyone would like, it just is so gross. And, but it's like, also, I'm also very inspired by this girl, Lindsay, for being a, an advocate. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. Like the, one of the, um, lawyers on this is saying like that, Idaho has has like tried to attack attack trans people in terms of restrooms and now are like trying they're like switching tactics to try to go um through the angle of sports because it's like so much more vulnerable but activists and experts fear that discriminating against trans people in sports would serve as just an entry point to denying them even more basic rights and being like a high profile way to define transgender people and to other them and it just yeah so it's it, it, this is like this lawsuit that's going on now. One like potential good news is that the the recent um, Scottish decision from a few weeks ago that we talked about this that said that you can't discriminate in the workplace. People are saying, okay, well that should also work here. And so the but the lawyers in Idaho are like, well, Title Nine, which is students, is different. And so it's kind of unclear what exactly the the ruling will be and i believe that this um this went to court on today which is july 1st um and it's just as like i don't know i mean the whole thing is so interesting i because i'm not in like i literally don't care about sports at all this isn't something i've like really even considered in the lens of like transgender um athletes um but one of my friends Brian Russell Carey um was posting about how he was just like so grateful when they they finally said that you can't fire someone based on their 
like orientation or gender identity. And he was having people like DM him and be like, well, my daughter is a track athlete and now she's going to be competing against boys, like misgendering trans women. Like it just, I don't know. It it wasn't something that I, I had ever considered, but I, but it's just like so gross to me that they're going after something that's so vulnerable. And also because like, it's just like, it's such a flawed and weak argument. And one thing that I thought was interesting that I didn't even think of was that this runner, she was like, she like didn't feel comfortable sharing what her current times are because she feels embarrassed because she slowed down since changing her hormones. Mm -hmm. And so I don't like, there are just so many implications of it. It's not like, I don't know, like, I feel like if you're going to say that it's like unfair because of someone's genetic, whatever, it like, it clearly isn't. And it also, I don't know, it just, the whole thing just is really sad and, and gross to me. And I just felt, I don't know. I mean, the fact that they're like, yeah. And then you have to show your genitals to a doctor so that you can play sports. And the doctor has to like publicly say what they like. It just is really it's like, I'm sorry. Like, are we, is this really where we're at? I know. Do people like, are people so angry and like stressed about this? Like, this is what we're spending time on. I know. Like, let her run. Damn it. I know. Uh, Yeah. So, but I, I'm like, like, and and it's, it's so hard too. Like, like this girl's a student athlete. It's like, she's 19. It's not like these, these decisions can take years. And so it's like, she could be banned. Like she could spend her whole time in college instead of actually running, like fighting for this, which is just like something a 19 year old shouldn't have to do. No, but it's, it's like (laughs) so brave and amazing that she's doing it, but it's like, it's like, she shouldn't have to be like the spokesperson. Like she just wants to compete. Yeah. Oh, that so sucks. Yeah. Um, I, when I think even like, I, I mean, I was even, I didn't even, I don't know. I'm just, I guess not aware enough of this, but like also Brian Russell Carey was posting, he posted a photo from his wedding this last year. And he's like, yeah, it's actually only been legal for five years for me to be married to my husband. And I'm just like, I, I don't no. know. It just, I'm like, that's where we're at right now. Especially when you hear about like, like the, trans activist you were speaking about Marsha yeah yeah like and how she did all this work in the 60s and it's like I mean there's progress but it's just like it's 2020 and gay marriage has only been legal for five years and like last week it was like and you can't be fired like like the fact that like I didn't I was one of those people who was like wait what like that's not like legal ever which is like I was definitely like, Nora, you gotta, you gotta get on it. You gotta be aware. Um, because like, that's also just a manifestation of, you know, just like privilege, but uh, yeah, that actually kind of goes in to my next topic. All right. If we're rocking and rolling. Yeah. Rock and roll. I mean, Lindsay, if you're listening, give them absolute hell. Like seriously, like you are awesome. Also, it's like we know, we know how vulnerable like young women are to then yeah. be like you have to go like prove like to a doctor like are we kidding like yeah. <laughs> and especially like I mean public uh, or like student athletes are kind of like public figures like it's it's not like a, a thing where like you tell you have a private conversation with your doctor and no one knows about it it's like that in, like she's like at, at every time I go for a run or I'm like at a 
track me or whatever. She's like, everyone already knows so much information about me that's like private. Yeah. Anyway, <sighs> maybe there'll be a surprising ruling because this week we got a surprising ruling on the Louisiana bill about abortion. We got a five to four ruling that they cannot, let me get the exact words. <laughs> Here's the thing. She's not a lawyer. Um, and he's not studying for the bar. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. Or mixology. Or mixology. I can make juice, but not really. I'm more of like a smoothieologist. Oh, I see that for you. Been like adding a little bit of like ginger and like grapefruit (gasps) juice. I know it's like bizarre. (laughs) Um, (laughs) this is from the New York Times. (laughs) The Supreme Court on Monday struck down a Louisiana law that had left the state that would have left the state with a single abortion clinic. So, what happened is that they were trying to say that doctors who are going to perform abortions had to have admitting privileges, meaning that the physicians authorization the physicians had to have an authorization to admit and treat patients at a hospital, which is not how like Planned Parenthood and like women's health clinics work. So you're just like, it's kind of, let me make a comparison. Tell me if I, if this is tracking kind of like with COVID testing, how you have to like call your doctor and get like a referral and then you can go in and like all these things. Maybe. (laughs) I think it, I think it's more just like the physician who's doing it needs to also like work at a hospital, but some of the like women's health practitioners, um, like don't have connections to hospitals. Okay. And, and because, like, when you get an abortion, you don't necessarily need, like, to be admitted into a hospital. Like, it all can happen. And so by being, like, you have to be admitting – you have to have a physician who has admitting privileges. It was just, like, it was going to cut down, the cl- like, so many of the clinics, so many of the doctors who are able to do it. And there's already such, like, a small gr- pool mm-hmm. of doctors – who perform abortions um and and they were like because it's like better for the mother but mostly it's because i think uh that they were like it's just going to cut down the numbers and and make it so there's like one clinic which would have been a huge setback for the pro-choice movement but chief justice justice roberts and who's definitely like very much in the conservative block voted with the liberal bloc to say or to rule that a Louisiana that that Louisiana law violated the constitution because it was a lot like this Texas law that was trying to do the same thing that was overturned and and Roberts had like voted against it then but he was like but now that is the law and this is the same so we have to uphold it. And so I'm like, I don't trust you, Chief Justice Roberts, but this feels like the first time in a while. Well, there's there was like the DACA and there there were some, but this feels like the first time in a while that I was like, that is, seems like the logic we're supposed to use. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> you know, I just have like no trust in anyone to do what they need to do. And I was like, that's your job. And you did it. You know, like he so yeah. voted with all the other conservatives. Uh, well, and 
interesting too because like you said like he, that would have been like an easy thing no one would have like even batted an eye but I kind of like to think I don't know if this is true maybe I just give people too much credit when it's something that they're like actually passionate about and like just find a way to be like oh no like I couldn't oops sorry like the I, law I'm like oh this is the time you decided to like actually follow the the laws that's that's interesting that's very interesting but I, know. I, I mean I don't I'm I'm so glad he did it yeah 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 I know I like I think he's like been like kind of like siding in ways that people are surprised about recently like with DACA and with the like employment ruling but um like he, here's like like I this is Chief Roberts I joined the dissent in whole woman's health and continue to believe that the case was wrongly decided. This is him talking about Texas. The question Mm -hmm. today, however, is not whether whole women's health is right or wrong, but whether to adhere to it in deciding the present case. So he was, he's like, I still don't, I still believe that like this case that was whole women's health versus like Texas or some other person, whole versus health versus Hellerstedel in 2016 in Texas. Um, he's like, I still think that's wrong, but like, since that was right, this had, it's like the transit of property kind of. Yeah. 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 But it's just very, um, woo, 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 up and down emotional and like crazy. So that's like, that's like good. (laughs) That is good. In my opinion. Um, but but whoa, they have so much power in their little old hands, the judges. <laughs> and their little wrinkly old raisin hands. <laughs> Honestly, kind of. I feel like <laughs> RBG would be like, yeah, I do have tiny little raisin hands. <laughs> do you think she'd say that? Hey. RBG, are you listening? Do you think you have tiny little raisin hands? Or what would you call them? <laughs> what would you call them? also she wants to be on here let us know (laughs) absolutely if she wants to be on here if anyone wants to be on here full stop (laughs) you can be on here what's your number two what's your number two okay well i have oh wait wait, can i say one more thing yeah which i thought was very interesting in regards to this which i think is just something this is like one of those Hey, yeah, a lot of people, (laughs) you know, like a thought. One of those. One of those like, hey, yeah. In this article and in a lot of discussions, it's a lot about like, well, this is like fighting for women and like this is a huge step for women. But I wanted to read a, a tweet, a tweet from the ACLU national wide, but it's a repost of a tweet, which I always thought for a long time was a meme, but I think it's just a tweet (laughs) Um, (laughs) by Chase Strangio. Just a reminder that many men who are transgender and non-binary people access abortion care. Reproductive health care providers are also often the only source of gender affirming care in many communities. So I was like, this is a win for women and everybody. And everyone, as it always, always freaking is. Hot take. It always is. And it always will be. It's almost like when we help 
marginalized people, everyone does better. Huh. I, uh... <laughs> yeah, I say. Wait, did you just go off with that? That's just a little. What are the? What were they called? Hey, that. Oh, I think that we're calling those a thought these days. <laughs> thought. Yeah, it's just this thought that I just had that came to me. Maybe I'm the president next time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. Well, I have two that are. Well, I, I'd like to read them both. One of them is probably a little bit less of something we have to talk about, but because uh, it's mostly just a headline. <laughs> but the LA Times posted an article about, and I quote, it's historic, women of color dominate Joe Biden's list for vice president. Um, and I don't know if they were showing the list of, like, it. it, it the article kind of made it seem like it was exclusively women of color, which I don't think is actually the case. Like it didn't say that, but they kind of tried to make it seem like that was the case. If that makes sense. Like they were like, yeah, it's like definitely going to be a woman of color. But then it was like, these are actually just like, like consistently on his list. So I don't know if that's like, uh, but anyway, the article was just kind of like, yeah, it's like kind of a bummer that that's where we are, we're at. And, uh, <laughs> but like one of the, one of the women said, uh, Jarrett, she said, uh, he, he has an embarrassment of riches from which to choose. And that is wonderful. Well, wonderful doesn't seem to, to do the trick. It's historic. Um, and so just saying like, there are so many women of color to choose from right now, which is amazing. And it is unfortunately historic in the time of 2020, but that is like progress and good. It should be noted. Um, Kenesha Grant says, I don't know that this is a triumph because we have the capacity to be better than that. And I was like, yep. I'd I'd say you have the capacity to be president and like maybe you should be president but also <laughs> we'll see but like well, let's for sure have you as a VP yeah 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 um so so that and then the other thing was that uh there was a settlement uh this week women who sued Harvey Weinstein for sexual misconduct misconduct settled for nearly 19 million dollars which I know that 19 million dollars seems like a lot but it's actually like not (laughs) and there were some people that were like glad because I think at the end of the day it's more about like saying that you won like by principle kind of than about the money when you think about like the like the terms of the settlement it it ends up giving out payments starting at like 7,500 dollars up to like $750,000. And like, when you think about like how much money Harvey Weinstein had, 19 million split among all of these women is a bummer. Um, And also just like, doesn't compensate. (laughs) Like, I mean, money never compensates, but for for like assault, but um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like it was pretty split. Like there were some of the people who were like, yeah, this like, it's just like good that we won, like on principle, whatever. And then other people are like, this is, bullshit and like we're like this is this this is a complete sellout so and it feels like so many rulings through the court system uh is bullshit (laughs) and it never does enough but yeah I I mean like I'm really like thank god they won (laughs) yeah 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 so that happened this week (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you guys know that you can make a fun face when you just like grab your kind of like your cheek meat it really changes your face it's a little like hooish. i kind of like it 
Oh, that made my eyes feel weird. Um, So, seems like, as always, this week's kind of a lossy-washy, right? Lossy-washy. You had one good thing. I had one kind of bad thing. But hopefully that, I mean, that could turn into a good thing. But it's bad that it's happening. (laughs) Bad is good and we don't know for tomorrow. A poem about every single day of our lives. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I feel like right now, like we're, like, we don't know how that. really swimming. No floaties. There's no more floaties (laughs) left. (laughs) And we are swimming. I think that that's something that, like, coronavirus has really taught me is, like, oh, we are literally all just winging it and trying to figure it out and trying to not drown. We, yes. Yes. (laughs) I think that partially comes from just feeling like there's no control in our leadership, but, you know. (laughs) But but a nice way to kind of reframe it is, like, is just, like, there's no rap. It's, like, actually, it's, like, a fun beach metaphor. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Maybe having no leadership will just like, I'm really excited about Hamilton. If you're listening to this on Friday, it's playing on Disney plus today. And I feel like it's going to have even more of a charge and like more of an impact right now. And just like, because it's, it's about like the people taking like stepping up and like changing shit. And I think that's really exciting. And I'm like, maybe now it's one of those times too. And it's also like now everyone can see it. How yeah. stupid do you feel for paying $40,000 to see it, though? But I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I thought you meant, like, see how bad the world's gotten. I was like, yeah, but also <laughs> see Hamilton. I mean, yeah. see Hamilton, which also, yeah. like, I love when, you know, everyone can see things, which is so unlike <laughs> the American theater. And, like, I think that's cool. Yeah. Good job, Disney, maybe. <laughs> Do I do We'll just say good job, Lynn Manuel Miranda. Yeah, let's just say that. Let's just, we'll say, just say that. that. Um, do you have an artist you want to highlight? I do. It's actually my artist. That's actually what I meant. <sighs> Woman. Never mind. I'll I'll cut I'll I'll cut around so it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and yet again, the New York Times wants me to pay for this article, but I'm not gonna. Okay. <laughs> They did uh, did uh, an article about these four black girls who have become like the leaders of the Black Lives Move protests, and they're like fifteen through nineteen, and all of them like weren't protesters before or necessarily that active in the movement, and they've all just like super stepped up and like organized these protests in their different cities. Um, and their names are Z, Z Thomas, uh, Tiana Day, Shayla Turner, and Brianna Chandler. Um, and I'm just going to read a couple quotes, and then you can read the whole article and cry and laugh like I did. Um, I love if you, it. If you're there emotionally. Z Thomas, 15. In teen, as teens, we feel like we cannot make a difference in this world, but we must. Uh, Tiana Day, 17. I've never led a protest before, but this moment lit a fire in me. And she, like, found out that her dad had also been an avid protester, but they just, like, never talked about it, Mm -hmm. Um, which is awesome. Shayla Turner says, I feel like I've always had this drive, but until recently, I was too afraid to speak out. And Brianna Chandler, 
I think that educating people is essential to movement building. Um, and then just this little Z at the end uh, in this article was like, after protests, I really couldn't sleep at all. I was on Twitter as usual. And there was this one tweet from a mother. And I remember it so clearly because I started crying. She said, I'm happy that my daughter will grow up in a world that these young girls will change. And, um, and, and, and that's a moment where I feel really powerful because my main goal as a person and an upcoming activist is to make sure that people know that things will change eventually. I've had a long half a week, so I'm fully crying right now. Um, <laughs> but it, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> they're 15 through 19. Um, and I just, yeah, there's, I'm just really excited to learn from them and to see like what, I mean, all of these young organizers are doing and I hope that the world listens because I think that like, yeah, things are going to change and it, it can be sooner or it can be later. <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. I feel like this whole, like, I've just, I, I've read so many like articles and seen so many, I mean, even that, like how all those teens, uh, like the K-pop teens, the K-pop teens that they were saying was a prank, which people are like, no, that's not prank. That's like activism who like took all of these tickets to the Trump rally and then just no showed. And I'm just like, that's incredible. And also the power of just like social media and people connecting and feeling like, oh yeah, like my voice actually can have an impact and I can like, rise with other people is just like so exciting and inspiring and like finding these connections I mean like it was interesting because in the Marsha P. Johnson thing it was like because of the internet like everyone's talking about her and it's like the way that these like young activists are connecting over social media and then like a kid who's doing like a like a 20 person like black lives matter protest in like wherever arkansas someone else sees that in like their little hometown and they're like inspired to do it also and i just feel like that that feels good that feels like a win yeah i love that thanks for sharing that sorry to cry (laughs) i always want you to cry is that psycho is that healthy? I don't know. Um, also, I wanted to plug uh, the Disclosure documentary on Netflix. It's about like trans representation in media. And I feel like we talked a lot about like representation last pod, maybe. What is time anymore? Um, but it, I feel like it's really important. I found it really important as a, a cis person to kind of understand the like the media journey we've had so far with like transgender representation and like just how much more needs to happen so absolutely if you're on if you're scrolling scrolling on the little netflix yeah um any last remarks she's yelling why is she yelling she has a microphone right near her face (laughs) no that's what i wanted to end with okay cool all right (laughs) Goodbye. So long, farewell. I'll even say adieu. To ya and ya. And that's how many people are listening. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's what we have today. If you're interested in being on the Hysterical Women podcast, send us a DM and we would love to have you. We'd love to hear from you. More voices in the conversation can only be good.
Thanks for listening. If you listened. If you like the pod, hit subscribe and leave us a review. Also, if you have a Mac or event that you'd like us to cover, slide into our DMs on Instagram at Hysterical Women. 